Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, Doug Mallard. Hey, Doug Benson. Uh, today, we've got a best-selling author, J.D. Salinger. <laughs> now, actually, it's Arden Marine, author of the book Little Miss Little Compton, a memoir about her life as an actress, improviser, and funny lady. And uh, she also has a podcast that I just started participating in uh, called Will You Accept This Rose? And it's all about the TV show, The Bachelorette. It's like a a Bachelorette recap show. Love it. And, uh, but they, you know, she does The Bachelor also, but currently it's a, a Bachelorette season. So I've been, Forced to watch that. And, uh, <laughs> Forced. <laughs> she's a delight, though, and uh, we're going to talk to her. All right, let's do it. Arden Marine is here. Hello, Arden. Hi, Doug. How are you? I'm good. Say hi to the other Doug. Doug. Hello. Good to hear you, Doug. You too. I'm very excited that you're here. Or here virtually. I've always Um, wanted to discuss Doug's. Well, I want to discuss you for a second because I want to tell all the listeners that, you know, anybody that's not familiar with you is just dumb, but... uh, you, of course, have been on uh, Insatiable, Shameless, Chelsea Lately, At Midnight. I got a question mark next to one of your credits, though. You're on the show Insecure? I did three episodes. You know how they have series within the series that they watch? So they they watch TV shows. Oh. So they did one where I basically played like an incredibly racist lieutenant who was oh. like, yeah, um, who's, they were, it was like a crime documentary and they were like looking, it was almost like a dateline and they were looking for a woman named LaToya and I kept calling her Toyota. And yeah, I was like, that, oh. that was me. Did those episodes air? Yeah, there was this most recent season. The most recent season. Okay, I got to check that out. I didn't, I didn't realize you were on there. Um, my first question for you is, you know, we talk a lot about names on this show. So Arden is, I don't think I've ever known another Arden in my life, which, you know, may simplifies things. 
but uh, <laughs> what, what, how did your parents come up with, uh, with that name for you? My mom's best friend in high school, her name was Arden. And I actually wasn't named, they didn't name me for like three or four days. They, she, my mom wanted to get to know me. I was almost a Meredith. And then she met me and realized I was not a Meredith. And then um, <laughs> she remembered her friend from high school and she liked the girl and she liked the name and um it's there's the forest of Arden and as you like it. Um, and then there's Eve Arden and Elizabeth Arden. And so I became Arden. It means fiery and passionate. Oh, and she knew that when she was just looking at a baby that can't even speak. <laughs> she knew this baby. I had a very, I had a thick head of bright red hair. So I think I, I it was like a, I have like a chia pet amount of hair and it was like really red. And I think it was like, let's, let's go. I'm, I'm going to name this fiery baby Arden. Yeah. There's a fiery baby. <laughs> uh, all right. That's a, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to do it. I mean, our parents, Doug and I, uh, just, you know, just slapped his dumb name, Doug, on us. And <laughs> just didn't, didn't look back. Like, I think my parents probably named me before I was even born. They didn't hang out with you. And then all of a sudden, like four days in, and they're like, Doug, it's this, this baby, this baby's giving me Doug vibes. I don't know if I revealed this on the show yet, uh, but my parents, if I was a girl, they were going to name me Eleanor. That's cute. Oh, wow. It That's is? cute. <laughs> I mean, I feel, you know, it's so I feel like now people have sort of old fashioned names that they're doing again. You know, they'll use like a Mabel or like, I, I think there's sort of that's coming back. So you could be sort of like a hipster. I don't know. I feel like you could be some kind of quirky hipster Jenny Slate type as like Ellen or Benson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I, I was going to be an Amy if I was a girl. Oh, see, that's uh, that's all right. That's yeah. equal. That's that's about equal. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I I, it, I think I would have been insulted if I found out my parents sat with me for four days and they're like, definitely a Doug. That would be weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they gave up on me already. Yeah, yeah. What do you think that the name Arden, like, do you think that it was helpful in terms of giving you sort of a more individual and special uh, personality? I do. Like, I think it was sort of good and bad. I think long-term, long-term good. My brother's name is Alaric and we grew up in this tiny town in Rhode Island in a sea of like Cindy's and Jason's and Stacy's. So at first you have Alaric and Arden running around and like, and I was only redhead in school and my brother was like blind in one eye, with like Coke bottle glasses. So like, <laughs> it was definitely, you know, he's like Napoleon dynamite. Type and I look like I looked like a little boy. And so I think we always felt a little different. And I do think having the names, like if we could have blended in with a Jenny or like a Steve or something, it might've been easier to hide, but the whole package was a little quirky. <laughs> but then going into, but then going into, I think going into like high school and college and then getting older, I think, um, yeah, I think I, when I started to feel more comfortable in my skin, I, I, I've actually always really enjoyed the name and I'm actually glad that 
you know, as people sort of get crazier with their baby naming, I keep waiting for it to have one, you know, have a run. Like my friend, I had a Piper friend growing up and I always loved the name Piper. And then I feel like there's a lot of Piper babies out there now. <laughs> so I'm actually glad that my name isn't everywhere, but it's, it's been a good one. It's a good solid name. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't, uh, I don't think I know any other Ardens or have known any other Ardens. What's been your experience with Dougs? Do you have any uh, Dougs in, in your life in the past or or presently that? Uh... I do have, I do have a Doug in my life. Aside from you, I have, um, I have, I have to say as I really think about it, I have three. Los Angeles Dougs, and wow. I enjoy all of the Los Angeles Dougs that I know. Um, they're all funny. They're all like they can kind of like tease you a little bit in a good way, but they're good guys. They're not like douches, you know, they're not going to mansplain <laughs> you. Um, Doug Sarine, who was the Ask a Ninja guy. But then sometimes he goes by Douglas, which I panic about. It feels too formal for me. And I, I only know him as Doug, but then when I hear other people call him Douglas, I don't relax around that. I don't, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not down with a Douglas, but then, and then I also know I was on this CMT show with uh, Jerry Trainer and then, and Billy Ray Cyrus in Nashville. And one of the writers was Doug Manley, real name, Doug wow. Manley. And, um, <laughs> and it was just a crazy name. Two names uh, that shouldn't go together. <laughs> <laughs> and he also was really fun and a good guy. And so I have to say I'm three for three with adult Dougs that I enjoy all of, like I, if I was going on vacation and I heard that like Doug was also going to be on the vacation, I'd be like, Oh, that's an asset. Like I'm psyched. Doug is going to be there. That's <laughs> awesome. Like I like any of the Dougs can go on any trip I'm on, which is pretty high. A lot of people I don't want to go on a trip with. Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about Douglas? I don't trust a Douglas. No, I like that. You said, you, formal. You, you yeah, you can't relax around a Douglas, but, Doug seems too relaxed, you know? <laughs> I feel like, I feel that Doug should be a stoner. And I feel like the only stoner I know is our King Doug right here. <laughs> like my other Dougs should be, should take up. Like, I feel like Doug, like Doug, definitely like who's holding it's Doug, but it's really only <laughs> this Doug that I know. <laughs> it is weird that I, that I got, got into, uh, weed so late in life because uh yeah it does doug does seem like a stoner name now now in retrospect i should have uh should have owned it much earlier in my life when did oh, you start what? yeah i didn't know that i didn't start till uh, you know late 20s when i you know once i started doing uh you know stand up professionally and traveling and spending a lot of time in san francisco was what really got me uh into cannabis because huh. uh, all the comedians there were doing that and uh you know and and everything else but i that was the one that i liked that's how i got into it picturing um, you smoking for the first time is a really fun picture in my head <laughs> did you growing up my dad always watched taxi so i was like a, like they they had you know it was what they ran at 5 p.m in reruns that's what the station ran and it and there was an episode where 
Did you guys ever see that show where Dick, Jim Ignatowski he smokes pot? So he's really super straight laced and he smokes pot for the first time or eats a brownie or something for the first time. And he, the uh, Christopher Lloyd's face goes from being completely sort of uptight, like Yale guy, into <laughs> yeah. like literally immediately, like a, like a switch is flipped. And then he becomes <laughs> like Ignatowski. And I, that's how I pictured Doug in San Francisco smoking <laughs> pot for the first time. He just, he, be, he becomes, he goes into his truest form and it's like his destiny and he becomes Doug Benson. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't have that uh, that kind of that big of a change, but uh, you know, I definitely it, it was definitely set me in a new direction, you know. And then, obviously, I, when I started talking about it in my comedy, uh, people responded to that, so I never never looked back. Yeah. Um, what's the you watch? Uh, you've seen every season of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, yes. No, I watched a couple in the beginning and then I stopped and then I started again at Caitlin's season. And, and did, I, did you start again because of your podcast or no, the podcast came after you started again? The podcast came after um, somebody told me to watch that season because they, they knew I liked pop culture stuff and they knew that they'd heard that there was two bachelorettes that season and that that it was going to be a really fun premiere episode and that I should watch at least just that one night. It's, I guess the guys got to vote almost like Survivor style where they had Caitlin and Britt. And then, so there was a whole cocktail party and then the guys had to go vote in a box on who they wanted to fight for. Did they want to fight for Caitlin or did they want to fight for Britt? And then like, poor Britt was sent packing. Like she, you know, she lost. So I remember when somebody told me to watch it, I just thought, no, no, like, you know, I'm not a loser. <laughs> like I like reality <laughs> TV where people make things. I like like Project Runway or Top Chef. I like even Top Model. Like I like people making something and getting eliminated. And um, I really didn't want to watch it. And uh, so I watched it and was hooked. It was a great season, immediately hooked. And then I noticed a lot of my funny friends were tweeting about it and I was so obsessed with it. And I, nobody that I talked to on a regular basis watched it. So I thought I need to start a podcast so I can bring in and on the regular basis, I need to break these episodes down with people that don't hate watch it, that are super fans, but are also funny people. Yeah. So that's what happened. <laughs> There's a lot of meat on the bone with that show. Oh my God. It's, it's, <laughs> it's really been honestly, I never, um, I was never really like, into, I mean, I played sports cause I had to growing up, but I was never first picked for any, like, you know, it's just like I was fulfilling my obligation and I feel like I'm on a team now. Like, I feel like I have a hobby. It's truly been such a wonderful addition of my life. It's my, it's my favorite thing that I do. It just makes me happy. It's pure nonsense. And it really soothes my brain. I love watching it. And I love paradise so much. Doug, have you ever seen a season of paradise? Uh, which Doug? Doug Benson, <laughs> Doug, Doug, Dougie B. Um, I have not watched oh. a season of that. I've, I'm oh. sure I've seen like snippets of it. How, how long has it been a thing? Four or five years, and it really changed the game. Doug, would you like to explain, like, why? I was just going to ask you. You're the one to ask. Are they going to bring that back, or is that done after the little incident a while back? 
Oh, they did. They brought it back. They brought oh, it back. Oh, how did I miss it? Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. Oh, there's great. already been seasons since. There's been seasons oh, wow. since. Yeah. Um, it's, it's again, after the, after I got sucked into the bachelorette, somebody said to me, are you going to watch paradise? And I said, no, I'm like, no, I, that's, <laughs> I have a life. <laughs> and then I didn't understand what I didn't get it. And they're like, it's basically like musical chairs, but with like a hot tub. And, um, <laughs> and you have to basically the, the name of the game is it's all sort of the most popular rejects from the bachelor and the bachelorette. And it could be from a couple seasons back too. And, but they have to sort of have made their mark. So you have villains and then you also have like beloved people that were on there and that they have to be, then they don't all arrive at the same time, Mr. Benson. Okay. So, <laughs> so perhaps the cast is like 20 total. So they'll start with like six guys and seven girls and the gals hold the power or like the gals hold the power in the beginning where they have to give roses away. So one guy will get cut. You have to have a rose at the every cocktail party or you get sent home. Now you might have an idea of like, oh, okay, I really, I really have a crush on Paget Brewster, but she's not here yet. So I'm going to flirt with Arden and strike up a relationship <laughs> with Arden and just try and like make sure that I don't get cut because I'm waiting for Paget <laughs> to get here. And then, so it's like this weird sort of like you got to be paired up or you get sent home but it's also waiting for the it, it's a, it's the meanest game on earth but it is the thing where people actually get engagements out of it and there's been like the most success like there's babies that have come out of there i think their highest marriage rate and it's funny because they don't have to protect the lead. So they edit people where they're, they look like you know they'll be talking to a producer off camera but they'll make them look like they're talking to a raccoon <laughs> kind of like bachelor or bachelorette but kind of an orgy vibe it sounds a little weird but yeah there's a lot of like hot tub <laughs> You're, they're just together all the time it's like it's like a spring break situation <laughs> it's a mess it's great Pageant so they, do they sprinkle those in uh, uh in between seasons of bachelor and bachelorette or, or do they could they run at the same time at some point it's always at the end. So historically, Bachelor is from like January through March, and then they take a break for Dancing with the Stars. And then Bachelorette <laughs> is like April to June, beginning of June. And then they announce the cast for Paradise. And it's like three weeks, but they air it like three times a week. <laughs> so it's like August into September. And it's truly the greatest. I mean, do you, Doug, do you think it's the best version of the franchise? It's the most fun uh, version of the I, franchise. Yeah, it's, 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 you can't look away ever. Like there's never a boring moment. It's, it's insane. It's yeah, really I, I, I guess maybe the whole kind of hot tub aspect of it and that they need to be somewhere, you know, someplace really cool and probably foreign uh, makes it. So maybe, maybe that's why there wasn't, you know, that's why they're just going straight from Bachelorette to Bachelor this time. Yeah, because I think they the whole um, oh, that's a really good point. Why didn't they do Peter's season? That's interesting. Yeah, the new Bachelor starts on like January 4th or something, which I'm super excited about, I think. <laughs> I feel like they did a good, I mean, as far as like COVID and quarantine filming and programming goes, I feel that they pivoted 
and did a good job. And even though it's sort of like sad watching them do their hometowns with the saddest <laughs> taxi cab. <laughs> immediately what I thought of when you were bringing that up. Dude, it's also like even sweet Brendan's little fare. I mean, they just, did they run out of all the money? I mean, they had an entire Ferris wheel there like two days ago. Like they, right. they just had like a bottle and like a stuffed raccoon. <laughs> they just... well, what it was funny, Ben was like, didn't he say he was from Indiana, but he took yeah. her to Venice beach. And it was like, you're ashamed of your hometown. Yeah. I'm from Indiana. Let's do Venice beach. And I'm going to bring in a top chef. Chef is my family member. <laughs> Antonia is a chef from top chef. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she's been on, uh, she's been on my show, the podcast dining with Doug and Karen. Uh, we went to one of her restaurants, Barrel and Ashes, in um, in the Valley. Was it good? And she was great, and the food was great. I, you know, she was. I, I could see why the, you know, Ben likes her, and why the producers of the show were like, yeah, okay, yeah, she can come on and be your family because she's just there's something about her. She's just immediately, like, she feels like somebody you already know the second you meet her. We found and, out yesterday that Scott Ackerman also knew her because she was a hostess and he was a waiter at Chin Chin's in the Valley. Chin Chin in the Valley, just down the street. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, they were <laughs> they worked together at Chin Chin's for like three years in the 90s. Uh, oh my God. So I probably met her back then because I used to go in there and eat oh. just because my friend Scott was, you know, a server and he could, you know, slide us uh, some free entrees and stuff. By the way, I loved chin chins when i was on working at cbs radford i was like so excited every time it was chin chins days maybe scott ackerman waited on me and maybe antonia sat me i bet i bet you oh, so good interacted with both of them because yeah that place was <laughs> that place was the spot i mean now there's still the chin chin still exists and well i still order it from postmates once in a while do they oh <laughs> they're that salad so good they're they're uh they're uh, Mushu chicken. Come on. Don't kid yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Their Szechuan dumplings are really good. Like they. Uh, I love they flavors. Good stuff. I love flavors. That place where we went on your on your food podcast was so good. That place by Sunset Gower. Um, yeah. What was that place called? And they had, they gave us like a keychain thing that we could get in at any time. Like we. Oh, they, they've, they've gone out of business actually. Great. So I could take it off my keychain. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. COVID shut them down. It was called, the place was called Paley. It was and, so good. Uh, the last oh, time God. I walked by there, I, I you know, glimpsed, oh, glimpsed at it. And it's like the, the whole place is just uh, empty. Like they took everything oh. out. Oh yeah. I, 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 hopefully they'll, the people that ran that restaurant will, you know, get something else going, but D their chef could cook. That place was awesome. Yeah. It was delicious. Um, so if people want to, you know, get on board with your podcast, will you accept this rose? Oh. Uh, if they're, you know, either already fans of the bachelor shows or if they, you know, want to give it a try um, what's the, What's the, uh, you know, how are you listed on Twitter? Like, uh, oh, follow you there. Thank you so much. Uh, okay. So I am at Artemarine, A-R-D-E-N-M-Y-R-I-N. It's called, Will You Accept This Rose? 
It's on iHeartRadio, but you can get it anywhere. And then we have a website. <laughs> we, we bought the website um, and then Squarespace screwed us over. We bought the website, announced it, rosepodcast.com. And then like they messed up securing the domain and somebody bought it. <laughs> so now we are rosepodcast.vodka. They offered us, they're like, .com is now taken. Do you want .vodka? And we thought... <laughs> Yes, we do. Yeah, we do. We want that. And that's so appropriate for the show, you know, Bachelor, Bachelorette, because they drink the most alcohol ever. Dude, it's so janky. So we're also at rosepodcast.vodka. And we have a lot of people that don't even watch the show. They just listen to the podcast. It's really fun. Doug is great on it. And we have a big announcement that we'll tell you in advance here. Ooh. Doug is going to be our official Rookie of the Year, Whoa. 2021, which is a yeah. big deal. Like this, we so this year's rookie is Jerry, Jerry Trainer, and he's done an amazing job. We've had Debbie Ryan was Rookie of the Year two years ago. We had Beverly D'Angelo was Rookie of the Year one year. <laughs> so this is quite a lineage that, and we're so. I mean, I texted our producers Katie and Anna, and they were so excited about it. So Doug Benson is going to be our Rookie of the Year starting. It'll be up January fifth. Congrats, yeah, Dougie. I, so I came in as a uh, rookie, uh, rookie of the season. So you're going to have a new rookie of the season in January. Also Ross Matthews is going to be rookie of the season. So I, we're so excited and it's so fun because each, each season we like to sort of fold in, like we'll sort of bring in people and you can see immediately if it's an immediate fit or not. And Doug, I just took, he literally watched one episode, did one podcast went straight to the hotel where they're filming at La Quinta and then <laughs> has been on the most fantastic, insane text thread with Paget Brewster from Criminal Minds, Jerry Trainer from iCarly and my son and Rob Benedict from Supernatural. It's <laughs> so funny. It's been such a joy. And Doug has been like such a fun addition. Like our fans can't believe that he's on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I want to thank you, Arden, because now I can talk to Doug about the, the Bachelorette. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, we're friends named, we both have the same name and we didn't even know that we were secret uh, bachelorette <laughs> watchers. Doug B, who do you think is going to win? Do you still think it's Zach? Well, everybody's saying Zach. So that's like, that seems like that's where this smart money is, but there's something about him. I feel like, you know, they're teasing that, so, you know, that Tasha's father is going to be like not into one of them. Yeah. Uh, so, and I don't know when that happens. I don't know, you know. Who could it be? Because they're three nice guys. They're like, yeah. which one? Yeah. Who's he calling I a just, clown? I'm most rooting for for Ivan because I think that, I, I think they make a nice couple. And I also think that they both want the similar things. Like, yeah. I think that uh, Brendan, uh, you know, he does seem like a very nice guy, but he's not, He's not going to be good at like, I think she wants to be a power couple with somebody. Yeah. I think she wants to like, you know, hit red carpets and premieres and stuff. I don't yeah. think she wants to just sit at home. Although she does also say she wants to have five children. Yes. So I think she wants the full, you know, sort of Angelina or Beyonce package. Yeah. Where, yeah, she, you, where she, you just have it all. And I don't think Brendan is uh, prepared. Right. To, with 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 Zach saying he was from New York, she got so excited at the thought of just living in New York, you know. 
I know. Yeah. And then he taught her how to hail a cab and he's acting like there's an exact way to do it. Dude. <laughs> and that I, you have to be loud. I, I think what he was missing was that she's a beautiful woman. Yeah, so. any any <laughs> cab is gonna stop for Tasha. Like Tasha's not gonna have a problem getting a cab. <laughs> She's so stunning. She is. A, I mean, I know everybody got mad when uh, the Wolverine called her a smoke show, but it's like he was accurate. Like she, <laughs> her gene pool is she's I think she's a great bachelorette. I, I think she's been fair and charming with everyone. I don't think she's like super drama queen. I, I just I really am enjoying her. What, what I missed in the, the first what was Claire? Claire, that Claire. Who, yeah. What I missed in her leaving is that. She she seemed to be not all together, and that can be for a, a you know make for a good watch. You know, true story. When Tation came in, I was like, she's too she's too put together. She knows what she's doing. This is not as exciting, but she's so nice and great. You're right. Tasha is so polished, and Claire yeah. had the Claire was like Claire had like cracks in the right way to make yeah. fun TV. <laughs> I fell in love with you in two seconds. We're getting married now. Oh what? my god. That poor man, like, has been taken. Poor Dale, that poor Party City Taco model, just did not know, <laughs> did not know what was coming his way when he got out of that limo. <laughs> but he's given into it. He's like, he wants that People Magazine cover. I think. <laughs> oh, I but wish. Yeah, them well. but how long can they? You know, how can they sustain it? Like, how can she be? You know, at home with her dog in Sacramento, and he's a international taco model. <laughs> <laughs> It's hard. I mean, when you were being a taco model, Doug, like how often, how many, <laughs> how, how often were you on the road versus how often were you at home as a taco model? Are you just model? never at home when you're a taco model? <laughs> <laughs> um, Padgett's husband, when that word got out that like in those photos of Dale as the Party City taco model, Padgett's husband was like, no way, that's a job? Like, so jealous. So, it, I mean, it's a terrific job to be a taco. I love tacos. A I'd more accurate a taco. taco model is someone that has eaten a lot of tacos. I mean, I'm your girl. I should be a taco model. I can't stop going to Guisados. Ooh. Oh, Guisados is the best. Guisados is the best. I, I have them every year for my birthday party, and I – you know, it's like a holiday party. And so it had been a year. I So I, on my birthday, I was like, I need guisados. And then that was last Thursday. And I've been back three times. I forgot. I was like, oh, freaking guisados. It's the mole, the handmade tortillas, Ooh. the quesadilla. Don't kid yourself, guisados. If, <laughs> if you like breakfast tacos, I recommend Home State. It is delicious. I see the like non-pandemic times. I see the lines around the block. Is it that good? It's great, yeah. And you you can order ahead through the app and then you can just cut the line. Okay. So that's a nice little trick. I mean, I that's love I love any taco. I'm yeah. sure I would love their tacos. I like even shitty tacos. <laughs> yeah. We're talking, we're doing we're covering more stuff that I would normally cover in my other podcast or in Arden's <laughs> podcast. Taco, taco, taco. <laughs> tacos and uh, and the Bachelorette. But so everybody listen to Will You Accept This Rose? Hashtag W-Y-A-T-R. Yes. I did the uh, name of a title ever. Doug's going to be such a great rookie of the season. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. I, you know, I was already into it before I found out that, uh, that you convinced Beverly D'Angelo to be uh, in the same role at one point in time. Yeah. 
That's she, pretty cool. She wanted to go to paradise and sit at the bar and be like a lawyer who gave like sex advice to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> And then she would go off, off like microphone and just tell us crazy stories from back in the day with like Hollywood royalty, like in the seventies. And we're just like, wait, what? <laughs> wow. That happened. Okay. I mean, talk about smoke show. Are you kidding me? Beverly D'Angelo and like the, uh, the vacation movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She she's a- the, uh, beautiful. She she's had a good time. Weapon. She's the secret weapon of those movies. She's uh, she's always down for whatever, and uh, she she I I dare say she's probably my favorite Griswold. Oh yeah, of all the Griswolds, she's um, a blast. So we prepared Doug Mellard and I prepared uh, ten questions for you, five each. I love Morgan, it. And love uh, it. we would like to uh, lay those on you after we take a, a brief commercial message. We'll be right back. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. We're back with Art and Marine, and we've got questions. I love it. <laughs> yeah, do you want to go first or second, Doug Mellon? I'll go second. Go for it. Okay. I see what you're doing here. <laughs> you want to see how open she is to these uh, questions? <laughs> see how the first one goes? Uh, Arden, uh, I assume you like where you live right now. I haven't uh, seen it because, you know, COVID and everything, but I, you know, I, I visited you out from outdoors. I, I saw where you live. Yep. And um, see, so you like it there? I love it. I, I designed it and contracted it myself. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You changed everything in the whole interior. You, you uh, yeah. fixed up real nice. Okay. So the question is. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Would you move if you thought that there was a ghost in your home? Thank you so much for asking. I thought there was a ghost in my last apartment. And I, I had like, I heard like you had to bring children over to invite the ghost to leave. I, had to, I borrowed like my friend's kid and I, they had to like shake, they had to shake pennies in like a tin. I had to put salt along the windows. Whoa. <laughs> um, I, how bad, what kind of ghost vibes? Like for real, how bad is the ghost vibes? Like, is it like a ghost that wants me out? 
Oh, I just wanted to know in general, like, cause some people are just like, you know, ghost, fuck that. Uh, you know, they would just get the hell out of there and other people are like, you know, if it was a pretty excited about the idea. No, not excited. If it was a pretty active ghost, I would move. Yes, I would move. If I had an active ghost, I would move. I didn't bring all this up just to try to, you know, create a situation <laughs> where you became more concerned about ghosts. No, if it was um, Rob Cohen had a ghost that was like, I think moving like apparently up um, Beechwood Canyon is super haunted up there. And he had a ghost. And I think I think like items would get moved around, like appliances would get like pushed out from the wall. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, they had to have like a like a ghost clearer come. I, but if I had that, if my appliances were getting dragged around, I'd move in a heartbeat. <laughs> we've, we've got a ghost here in the house that we're quarantining in in Santa Fe. You do? Yeah. How do you know? Been, uh, there's been a lot of instances over the years. It's my in-laws house. There have been people that have stayed here, people that, and whenever a guest stays in that back bedroom, no one tells them because you don't want to put that in their head. Yeah. So people have had stories individually, not knowing that that existed. There was a, a, a friend that ended up staying. Uh, she slept on the couch. My brother-in-law came out, was like, why are you here? And she was like, this is going to sound crazy, but someone kept breathing on me all night. No, I would move. <laughs> I would move by tonight. You would never yeah. see me in this house again. <laughs> no, I would take, I would n- not in a minute would I stay here with a loud ghost. I, I get high. Or, or, I, I'm not bothered by the idea of ghosts, but I, I love it. But if one breathed on me, I think I would. <laughs> yeah, I would, yeah. I don't think I'd enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's uh, we're good question. Good that's a great, great question. <laughs> Doug, what do you got? Uh, I've got to ask another bachelorette question. Love it. Uh, in the Noah versus Bennett, whose side did you take in the lesser of two evils? Noah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was a tool and he was definitely a shitster and he was like, what me? You know, like he's annoying. But Bennett, somebody said yesterday in the podcast, like he decided to play the part of like an 80s movie villain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, he was he was and he wasn't even smart. Like if you're going to be that Harvard asshole, like don't also seem like a dummy. Right. That present sealed his fate easily. And oh, what, how do you what, not know that's going to happen? I mean, any present that's wrapped like a soap opera gift where the lid is also wrapped where it's not ripping <laughs> off papers. <laughs> that's no. And anytime you tattle on a contestant, that's never worked out in the history of the, of the show. Snitches get stitches. You can't tattle. You can't go to her and be like, Doug's been, Doug's back in when we lived together in our bunk beds, Doug's different, not around you. He's not here for the right reasons. Doug's always working out and oiling himself up and talking about his Instagram followers. That's Doug Benson. Yeah, they got to just talk themselves up in those situations and just hope that she recognizes, uh, you know, how terrible that person, the other, you know, bachelor is or whatever. But those are, you know, all those situations are tricky. Like, uh, you know, it it feels like Ben got, you know, got sent home the other night uh, just because he was thinking, I want to tell her I love her, but he just couldn't get himself to say it. 
And she was, you know, she's narrowing it down to, you know, she wants dudes that are, you know, in love with her, not uh, somebody yeah, still but, thinking. But about nobody it. else has really said it either. Like that's the thing. This, there is a, it's this is a, an abbreviated season because like because Claire got four of the episodes, so Tasha's really accelerated in the timeline. But there's a real gun to the head. Like you better say, I think <laughs> I'm falling in love with you. I'm falling in love with you. I am in love with you. That's the progression. You have to be like, you have to yeah. start with think I'm falling, <laughs> then go falling, <laughs> then go am. And you have to deliver it by the end of your hometown or you're out. Yeah, Ben's got some walls up. He's He's got to work on that. There was a moment where he, he even said, like, he doesn't know how to, like, release emotions. Crying. There was a moment where I can't, I can't remember who was crying, but there was another contestant crying. Brendan. And you could see him observing him, like, what are those tears? It was weird. He said, I can't cry. And they said, Brendan, you're first. Your brother's here. And Brendan burst into tears. Yeah, yeah that's it. And then Ben was like, human emo. Okay. Like, <laughs> another cyborg. Very strange. No. Yeah. Yeah, they do have a lot of very muscly dudes on the on that show, and I I feel like I feel like spending all day in the gym talking to other people who spend all their days in the gym doesn't really lead to uh, you know uh, uh, you know brilliant introspection. Yeah, yeah, I you know, I just a lot of talking in circles. Yes. Yes. <laughs> a lot of reps. Yeah. A lot of like, let me spot you, man. <laughs> We're going to get right. this roll. Yeah. Okay. Here's my next question. Um, Arden, you're visiting family. Family members are around and, but you're there with your husband. Um, would you ask him if he remembered to bring condoms <laughs> on the trip in front of everybody? I have to say, these are my favorite kinds of questions. Can I, <laughs> I could play this all day. I could play any, I am game for any scenario you ask me and I will answer it honestly. I will answer any question that you've put time into. Truly, this is totally how I like to spend my time. Okay. I, is there a reason that like, I can't find it out in private? Like, is well, there... this, was, this was inspired by, <laughs> have you seen the commercial for hearing aids where the woman's saying to her boyfriend, she's like saying very quietly, did you bring any condoms? Like they're visiting her parents or his yes. parents. Okay. And she's like trying to say, did you bring any condoms? And then finally the, the, the dad, the older guy with the hearing aid from across the room goes, she wants to know if you brought any condoms and, oh then, and then they seem terribly embarrassed. And it's just like, <laughs> I, my question more or less is, are you embarrassed talking about birth control in front of your parents? I mean, I, I would be embarrassed asking. And yet my mom put like condoms on my dresser when I was like 12 and I'd never <laughs> even held hands. Like, she was so obsessed with me not getting pregnant. I've had access to like birth control and like truly, and I looked like Barb from Stranger Things. Like I was not, nobody was knocking on my door. I was not, I was, my milkshake was not bringing any boys to the yard. <laughs> it was so hopeful for her to be putting any condoms, but it was so young that um, I could easily ask about condoms, but I don't think I would want to really do it in front of my family. I would probably wait till private. Time. Yeah, but also you wouldn't attempt to just uh, kind of mouth it very quietly 
like uh, this house has other uh, i know it's just a commercial but i'm obsessed with the fact that yeah it's like why, they why could just did you go in, in another car? room they could go in another room and discuss it like they probably have a room that they're sleeping in if they're like how pressing is it to know right now like you're yeah. not all, always going to be in that room <laughs> yeah so uh it's it's a weird commercial and ultimately i think ends up feeling more like a commercial for condoms than for hearing aids that's incredible i need to see i'm gonna have to look that up that's a that's a <laughs> terrible ad uh uh, yeah, no, I would not ask that in front of a family member. Okay. <laughs> did you bring right. some condoms, honey? We got to do some fucking up in this house. <laughs> what do? I got some fucking to do. You got condoms? Um, hi, mom. <laughs> can, you, can you pass the salad, please? Did you bring the condoms? Yeah, just... I don't want a raw dog. I'm not raw dogging today. <laughs> All right, raw dog. What do you got next? What do you got, raw dog? Raw dog. <laughs> All right, this is a tough one. If you had to pick a favorite clown, who would it be? Gosh, um, we've got Shakes the Clown. <laughs> um, I feel like uh, I I love from um, I'm picturing the rap song. I mean, I do love from Shakes the Clown. Um, Weathermen get a lot of pussy. What? <laughs> Weathermen get a lot of pussy. They ain't got the kind of pussy I got. I got that peanut butter pussy. Um, yeah, smooth and easy to spread. I guess it has to be shakes, wouldn't it? It has to be shakes. That's a fantastic answer. That's I had a no really idea. good one. Because I was already going through in my head and not coming. The only, you know, the only clowns I can think of are like. There's the Simpsons clown. You know, Crusty, McDonald. Yeah. Oh, but I most like, clowns are hated, you know? Yeah. You've got the Simpsons cloud. You've got Ronald McDonald. I got to go Shakes the Clown. Yeah. Love that's it. a really good answer. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shakes and Krusty, I think, are the only two I would invite yeah. over for dinner. That's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And I definitely make sure that Shakes was on a, you know, a non-drinking day or something. Not, he's not on a drinking, <laughs> a drinking jag. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, Arden, if yeah. Los Angeles becomes inhospitable, which is seems like that's kind of where we're heading. Yeah. <laughs> um, what city in the world would you move to? Like, what's your what's your backup plan for Los Angeles? I mean, I loved living in New York, but but I have to say I've enjoyed other places. Like, I guess I, my brain was always just focused on New York, but if anything's open and I could like exist and like I could do my job from anywhere. <sighs> I mean, it'd be exciting to go to, I liked Berlin very much. Um, London would be cool. Uh, I liked. Dude, I do love London. That's a. London's that's a, Great. great city except I'd, you know cold winters i don't mind i i do well with like a little outerwear and a scarf <laughs> <laughs> i guess london london would be so exciting i want I the like rob delaney city. like the rob delaney bbc lifestyle yeah <laughs> yeah that's a great that's a great pick because i you know i was just in i thought of the question because you know comedians are you know since they you know, you act a lot, so it's different for you. But for a lot of comedians, it's just like, it really doesn't matter what city you live in. You're just going to have to fly all over the place anyway. Yeah. 
And Where so would you like, go? they keep talking about how all the comedians are moving to Nashville and Austin. I lived in Nashville. I did a series. I was just talking about this. I lived in Nashville for a CMT show where I met Doug Manley and Jerry, <laughs> and I loved it. I had such a good time. Um, East Nashville is great. I, I I thought the crews were really fun and cool. It was a great town. And Tennessee, like once you live in the city, you know, it's so beautiful and you can go on rivers and the food is delicious. I, I really enjoyed it there. All right, so maybe, you know, if London doesn't work out. <laughs> if London doesn't work out when I get kicked out of London, I'll meet you in Nashville. I also loved Chicago. I, the winters are really cold, and I do like winter, but they're really cold. But I had a good time when I lived in Chicago. Yeah, it's just brutal how cold it's it gets brutal. There. It's too cold. There's people probably listening to this right now that are mad at us for bringing it up because they, they're just stuck inside. It's the best city, though. Summers <laughs> in Chicago are a blast. Oh, it's uh, it's one of the most fun cities in the world, for sure, yeah. even even in the wintertime. But, Dude. boy, it's just so brutally cold. I gained 30 pounds there from, like, alcohol and burritos, and nobody cared. It was like <laughs> nobody cared. It was the best. <laughs> so much fun. It was, I was so unhealthy. And I everyone – it was such a joyful period of my life. I loved it. Booze and burritos, why wouldn't it be joyful? Booze, burritos, <laughs> made. I was taco modeling, obviously. <laughs> Nobody cared. Nobody cared. All right, back to you, Doug. All right. Uh, what's an unsung hero for you of 2020? Ooh, that's a great, great question. Unsung hero of 2020. I mean, look, I love trash TV trash like garbage okay like true true garbage like when no nutritional value like when you're so stressed out and you can barely concentrate i've never watched a housewives franchise until this year or like below deck (laughs) i've never watched below deck i have not missed one version of the franchise since 2020 started and i'm like look at the beautiful mediterranean i hope captain sandy can dock the boat like (laughs) (laughs) garbage that's i would say just just trash tv nonsense pretty looking at something pretty and just trying to like calm down my brain that's my unsung hero what about you guys i like that i like a a a thing as your unsung hero and not a person yeah um i would you know popped into my head is just you know our new first gentleman elect uh doug imhoff uh because you know first of all we're just excited that the very first man in history is is a Doug. Yeah. Also, just that he just seems to be handling it perfectly. Yeah. You know, it'd be so easy for him to just you know go out there and say stupid shit and just be. <laughs> yeah. Be a terrible first gentleman. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, but he's like uh, you know uh, he seems to be doing great and so uh, but also you know. Nobody talks about him really. So that's, that's a much class. You have a classier answer than I had. <laughs> you are uh, elegant. I, I, I mean, I'm, if I, your answer kind of made me want to just say streaming is the unsung hero for me. Oh my really. god! Because there's it just is. so much so easily available. And, and I and I don't do it till after 
five. But then I'm so excited. Like I try and do what I'm supposed to do for the day. And then I'm so excited when I've made it <laughs> high and low. Like I enjoyed, I enjoyed the crown. I enjoyed Lennox Hill document. I enjoyed the fancy stuff, but then also like, I love a little, you know, a little piece of candy. I, I yeah. love the matchmaker, you know, obviously I'm not a monster. Obviously I love love is blind. I love tiger King early on, but like, there's I've consumed so much and I don't feel bad about any of it. Nope. I, I'm fully with you. I've watched so many bad TV shows, movies. I've seen Roadhouse a few times just yes. because I think Sways, the Sways. It, every, everything's just so serious and horrible. Yeah. You just want to unplug. You don't want to yeah. think. I don't want to watch a serious dramatic movie. No. I just want crap. <laughs> yeah. I mean my, I'm friends with her, so I'm biased, but I thought Lauren Lopkiss and The Wrong Missy, I mean, I laugh so, it was just perfect pandemic viewing. Just, if you haven't watched The Wrong Missy on Netflix, it's, you know, it is what it is. It's an Adam Sandler movie, like, but it was great. Like David Spade was in it, but Lauren is so funny. It was, it was just perfect pandems viewing. Loved it, <laughs> loved it. <laughs> Do you have an unsung hero, Doug? I, Roadhouse. I'll go Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Oh, okay. Yeah. Burritos people and not, booze. People I'll are just... not saying it's praises enough 20 years later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love that for you. Arden, you were on an episode of Friends. Yes. It was called The One with the Stain. Yeah. Uh, what was stained? That's not your question. I'm just trying to get it. My crotch. See, they thought that I stole <laughs> Courtney Cox's jeans. I was their maid. And the way to prove it was Courtney Cox had to look at my crotch. <laughs> and that's okay. Okay. So that's interesting. Cause um, I mean, I, I, I'm excited that you are the subject of the title of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> the one with the stain on Arden. That's me. Um, my crotch <laughs> was the one with the stain. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so having been there and worked on the show, yes. my question is, of the six, we could leave Gunther out of this because he seems like a sweetheart. Yeah. Uh, which one was the nicest? Um, Matthew Perry was, was the nicest, but I also had scenes with him, you know what I mean? So I would say the other one that seemed really nice was Jennifer Aniston. But that's the thing is that uh, when you go in there and your scenes are only with uh, one or two of the friends, um, you, you you don't really interact with the other ones enough to really get a bead on their, you know, what they're like. The vibe, my vibe was um, Jennifer Aniston, who I had no, no reason to interact with, just seemed, and it was at the height of her like Brad Pitt stuff, like truly like peaking Brad Pitt moment in time. Um, she seemed just adorable and delightful. Like she just was so sweet and cute. And Matthew Perry, again, and it was like their ninth year. I mean, it was, and Sean Penn was the other guest star. They could have, I'm sure there was their like 18,000 guest star. Like they could easily have all not talked to me. And Matthew Perry um, was just really nice. Like, you know, in between rehearsal or whatever, you know, cause it's a multicam, like rather than going my, I had like a trailer. I think all their dressing rooms were probably on the, like in the building. Oh yeah. But, yeah. But he would just like hang, like, I didn't, you know, you're just trying to just stay out of the way and do it, just not be a problem, you know? And so 
he was very cool. And I remember like sitting with him and chatting with him in the friend's living room. And he was cool in a way that didn't feel like he wasn't being like hitting on me or he was just nice and welcoming and just talking to me like a normal person. I, I appreciated that because it was intimidating. Yeah, maybe that was, uh, maybe you met sober Matthew Perry. I think I did. <laughs> I got the feeling that, I got the feeling that like he was talking about, I was saying how much I had gone to Six Flags that weekend. And he was like, oh yeah, I'm trying to do more activities. And like, so I got the feeling he was like, maybe in a sober, you know, going, going and doing fun things like that, you know, in AA or something. He was sweet. Yeah, and it's probably easier for him to be on set talking to people than just go go sit in his room oh, and right, think right. about pills and alcohol. No, he was he was he definitely seemed very clear and was nice, which was cool. Yeah, I just I everybody I you know all of my friends that have uh, appeared on that show all kind of have a similar similar take is that uh, it's just sort of random which ones they find to be friendly and interactive and and it's because they you know they're there every week and these you know we would just you know kind of cruise through and do you know just do the one episode or whatever so of course uh it's not gonna be any major bonding occurring or anything but doing uh, guest spots is so weird because it is it's like um it's like being a guest at somebody else's family dinner but everybody at the table is famous (laughs) and like (laughs) and that or not, but that you're coming in, they have their all their dynamics and you're only and you're one of many people that come each week to like come deal with them. And it's a weird, delicate balance of being a self-contained unit that is not needy or like you just have to come in and do a good job, make them look good and like just deal with yourself. It's 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 hard to go in for one episode if you don't know anybody. Yeah, and the week I was there, uh, one of the other actors, guest actors, got replaced. Oh my god! Oh, and so I was just like, I was, you know, just going. I that would be that would be so devastating if somebody decided it decided at the last minute to get somebody else come in and say my lines. Oh my god! (laughs) Who are your scenes with, and who was nicest to you? Um, We don't have time. (laughs) We can talk about it after. Uh, no, I mean I, I'm happy to answer it. I just uh, we are running a, a little tight on time, but I'll give okay. you I'll give you the okay. quick version. Um, my scene was with Courtney Cox and Jennifer Aniston, and she was delightful. Jennifer. Yeah. Yeah. How was Courtney? Uh, <laughs> I mean, because Courtney didn't have any lines, she didn't have any reason to speak to me in the scene, so that just sort of extended to our lives in general. Got it. Like she didn't. Talk, she didn't talk to me at all. But like David Schwimmer, who I was not in a scene with, came up came up to me and introduced himself and was very wow, very nice. That's nice. Yeah. Nice. No, I had a I had an overall positive experience for me sure. Me too. Me too. Okay, I, Doug, you're next. <laughs> <laughs> what Muppet do you identify the most with? Animal. <laughs> that was so quick animal wish, slash miss piggy i wish we could have guessed uh because <laughs> i i that might have been the one i said you, you are like animal come to life sometimes yeah it's gotta be animal i mean i would want to be miss piggy like the glamour of piggy like i liked her fat i liked her stylist you know i would want the outfits of piggy 
but I don't, I don't have that diva, like, look at me. Like, I'm not that. I'm an animal. I'm, I want to be animal and like a satin nighty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. An animal that knows how to, you know, relax in, in his downtime. Yeah. Animal that can hang in it and yeah. in 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 like jewels and a gown. I, mean, uh, I, I just love right. that you didn't hesitate for even a microsecond. Yeah. No, no clearly good, animal. Obviously. Good, good answer. That's what we're looking for at this point. <laughs> yeah. Go um, for it, Dougie. All right. On the set of the movie What Women Want. Yes. If Mel Gibson could actually read your mind, would he like what you were thinking about him? Oh, that's interesting. Um, I remember I was mostly afraid of Helen Hunt. No, for no reason. She was perfectly nice, but I was intimidated by her. <laughs> so, she, <laughs> so he would have mostly read my mind being afraid of Helen Hunt for no reason. Um, I will say, now this was pre-Sugar Tits, okay? So this was pre Pre, we didn't know he um, was an anti-Semite and sugar tits. <laughs> sugar yeah, tits. No, he was a he was a beloved figure when they made yes. that movie, and then it was and it was a big hit. So I will say, my takeaway for him was he was very nice. He, he seemed like such a man. I think I was like twenty five at the time, so like I didn't want to bone him. I didn't have like daddies, you know. Like he felt older to like I, you know. But I was aware that production was so cheap, they would lock, they would put like a padlock on, there was no catering, they would put a padlock on craft service, you couldn't even go make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, so you had to go buy your lunch, and um, Mel Gibson was very sweet, and he had like a hibachi grill outside of his trailer, and he would grill like burgers for any crew members that wanted it, because they weren't being fed, and he, and I, and so... I thought Mel Gibson, like, what a nice guy. You know, he seemed incredibly sweet that he was feeding people when other people were not feeding them. Huh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's a satisfying answer. <laughs> okay. The final question comes from Doug Mellard. All right. It's a big one. Great. Name three things you might find in shameless co-star William H. Macy's mustache. Interesting. That's so great. Okay. You might find a ukulele pick. <laughs> um, you might find a pot, like a little butt of pot. <laughs> like it. Yeah. And you might find from some like motorcycle grease. Whoa. He loves like, he likes like a motorcycle. Does he know his, uh, like all of his lines or is he a big enough star and has enough charisma that he can just kind of come in and, uh, and wing it and nobody is mad at him for it. He was my favorite actor I ever worked opposite. He was so on it and he was, you know, like when you work with like a movie star, oftentimes they're like whisper actors. So they're so small. And you're and like, so in person, and I'm used to like the clown land, you know, I'm like, so I'm like trying to, I can barely even hear them, you know? And I'm like, is it my turn to speak? Like I literally is like, <laughs> like, you're just waiting to see if their lips aren't moving anymore. You know, and I'm just trying to like lower all my insane animal energy, just trying to like <laughs> down my fucking energy. But then when you watch it on the big screen, like, oh, they're movie stars. They know that's on, per like they know what they're doing. William H. Macy gives like a full fucking performance in front of you. He is all in like a huge, but is, there's not a moment where it does not feel natural. He goes for it. He's so present and he really liked performing with me because 
I come from an improv background and I would certainly not in a million years ever improvise a line, you know, on somebody else's show, but like he, he kept going. They wouldn't yell cut. So I could, I can keep, if you toss me the ball, I can hit the ball back. I'm not going to instigate it, but I'll keep hitting it back to you. And so he was so fun to play with. He knew all of his lines. He was such a pro and he, fucking chewed scenery like all in real performance he is not a whisper actor and i would act opposite him in anywhere any like my favorite loved him loved him yeah it's so cool to hear (laughs) and they have a thing on that set where you can't bring your cell phone and there's no sides they he it's a john wells thing right they feel like if that when they reduce sides to small pages, it it is degrading to the writing. It makes which, and so and you and that if you bring your cell phone onto the set, you're like disrespecting. So you have to be very present. You have to come prepared, wow. and you cannot have any sides. Like they have to be. There's no sides. You just have to know it. Oh God. I know. I know. That's scary. Cause I, I, I don't, I always know my lines, but I kind of like to be able to like peek at it. Like, like just out of nerves. Yeah. I was, I, I loved it when they started the, you know, having those little, little versions of the script. It's just, you know, just to, you know, the scene or whatever. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, cause you could also just fold it up and put it in your pocket during the scene and then look at it again, you know, yeah. during, whenever there's downtime, but that's, that's was- intense that everybody just has to, absolutely know all their lines it was i've never been on any other set that's like that i will say everybody knew their lines it's interesting like with no training wheels everybody was ready to go it it was interesting it was very interesting and he would bring a ukulele and just sort of like play between takes not for it it's just often by himself in the corner um Uh nice guy really nice guy uh, you know what else? You you know what you wouldn't find in his mustache? What? His what? daughter's college diploma. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. How did he skate on that whole thing? Like, how come Felicity Huffman took all of the blame for that? I don't know. I worked with him before that all happened. I don't know. Well, I didn't think you were there. To <laughs> <find that. laughs> well, he me. He like, I know we did five episodes together. I need your advice. No, no. <laughs> it was his legal counsel. It's more of just a general opinion question. Like, I don't know. Why do, you, why do you think that it became, because like with the law, with Lori Laughlin, her and the husband both got in trouble, but like. I wonder if there was like a, like a, I don't know if there was like a wiring situation, if like the funds came from her i mean i don't know there must have been a legal reason like maybe the Lori laughlin that maybe they both had them on tape or they both had both of them wired something like money or something i don't know it might have just been yeah i mean if they only had conversations privately about it i guess they can't testify against each other yeah that's the one that's the one reason to get married is because then you can't testify against each other I'm going to marry anybody that I want to do a talk, any shade with <laughs> anything shady. I'm going to just have a string of ex-husbands or wives, wives, anybody. Well, Arden, you did it. You passed uh, the test with flying colors. You answered every question. Does anybody ever take a pass? Does anybody ever not answer them? No, people are generally pretty cool. All right, that's good. But yeah. that was fantastic. Oh Sometimes questions are too, you know, too difficult or like you can't, you know, you can't recall something on the spot. Like if you'd have said, oh, I don't even really remember interacting with Mel that much on the set of that movie. 
I would have, you know, that would be acceptable. <laughs> um, I would never do that to you. I wouldn't do that. I would just think. But don't you think that if someone had the ability to read everybody's minds that they would just immediately go insane because oh everyone's thinking all the time? I can't <laughs> imagine a worse. I'm already like, Oof. I already just assume people are thinking terrible things about me. <laughs> I really don't need it confirmed. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. you're probably, or it's the equivalent of like, if you're doing a stand-up set and like 300 people are laughing, but one person has their arms folded and they're glaring at you. Like it's, I know you should be happy that 300 people are laughing, but like, I can lock in on that one. Be like, what the fuck is wrong with that person? So I'm not the person that wants the ability to know. I really am better off not knowing. It's none of my business what people are thinking. I don't want to know. Well, I'm sure everyone listening is thinking, what a terrific guest. Oh. Yeah. I cannot wait to check out her podcast. Will you accept this rose? I mean, start soon. Our finale episode will be up. And uh, Doug, not Douglas, will be up. On, <laughs> has anybody ever called you Doug? List? <laughs> <laughs> Douglas? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, if they're just being silly or, you know, or they don't know me at all, you know, because that's what it says on my ID and stuff. Or so you're like, in trouble. So, right. like, if I, you know, show somebody my ID for some reason, they can go, you know, like at a bar, like, okay, right. Douglas. Okay, Douglas. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, we if you guys are like, look, I'm bummed out. It's the pandemic. Our our finale episode will be up on Christmas Eve. It'll be up next Thursday with Doug, and we will be officially announcing at that. So you guys get early access who our rookie of the year is going to be. It's going to be a big Yay. announcement, and I think you know who it's going to be. And, uh, <laughs> and we'll be figuring out who wins Tasha's part. Thank you, wow. Marine. Doug Doug's and mellowed. Doug. Thank what you, thank you. Thank you for having me. I always have fun best. with you. Uh, what do you think, uh, Doug? Do you want to plug anything? Uh, new album. I'll, I'll throw it out there again. Fart Safari 3, Fart Hard with a Vengeance. <laughs> get it wherever you get your albums. Great title. No. <laughs> thank you. Uh, so dumb. So good. Um, I have a book out. That oh, yeah, the book. Oh, God, yeah. I have a book. It's called Little Miss Little Compton. I'm sure you could order it now on Amazon and get it for, send it to a loved one for the holiday season or get it for yourself, or you could just get the audio or the ebook. Um, it's available wherever books are sold, or you get a, a local independent bookstore can get it for you, but it's a really fun read. I talk Little about Miss. kicking Courtney Cox in the face in it. <laughs> for reals? Yeah, I kicked her in the face by accident. Because you're up on the counter, right? <laughs> yeah, I kicked yeah. her in the face during rehearsal. Oh, oh my like, God. With like a oh chunky God. early aughts Steve Madden boot, like a <laughs> big chunky boot. I kicked her in the face. <laughs> did it show? Like, just, did she get a, a mark of any kind? It did, she didn't get a mark, but there was a moment where you could, I could have been like your other former co-star and just been fucking replaced. Like there was a moment where I think she was deciding whether or not to be cool. And she was oh, cool. Man. She was cool. So I will always appreciate Courtney. She was, she didn't have to be because I did fucking kick her in the face. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Thank you, Arden. Thank Thanks, Dougs. Thanks, <laughs> Bye, we'll guys. Be back. We'll be back in 2021 with more Wide World of Dougs. Have a great holiday season. And as always, Doug the Halls. <laughs> Got it. <laughs>